1: This is the Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. We can we can now, here's Sue Freeze.
2: Thank you so much for joining the Sue Freeze Show. And I'm just so thankful, thankful, thankful to be with you today. I woke up this morning and I just, I don't know, I just got up at like, I think it was three in the morning and I couldn't go back to sleep. Something inside of me was just brewing, brewing, brewing. So I really, um, I just, you know, asked the Lord, like, what's going on? What's going on? And it was just, I had this excitement and I didn't even know where it was coming from. Other than before I went to bed, I was saying, you know, I have a lot to be thankful for. So thankful for. And uh, so do you. And sometimes we forget that in the grand scheme of things, you know, when things are going wrong and we're just dealing with the day-to-day problems and circumstances that face us and we don't have control over some of them. And some of them we do and we might not even know we do. So so my question today is is that do you really do you really rely on God? And here's what we can learn from Nehemiah. Then I prayed, "Hear us, O our God, for we are being mocked. May their scoffing fall back on their own heads, and may they themselves become captives in a foreign land. Do not ignore their guilt, do not blot out their sins, for they have provoked you to anger here in the presence of the builders." Nehemiah is upset sure sounds like it. He's letting off steam. When you're being ridiculed, you, you don't suppress it. You confess it. Nehemiah doesn't get caught up calling names. He just, he prays, he prays. And so that's a good rule, isn't it? It's like we can, we can lash out back. We can, we we have a choice in how we respond to any given situation, don't we? And it doesn't mean the situation's not going to come up because it is We're, you know, just because you're the chosen ones or you're the children of God doesn't mean you're not going to face adversity. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have uh, issues that are going to face you that you're going to think, oh, man, why me? But the thing is, is how do we deal with it? And what is our belief system that keeps us strong to where we can understand that, you know, we can we can take care and manage what we can control or manage. But then the other things we have to do something with. And what is it you're choosing to do with those things? The greater the opposition, the more you need to pray. Don't take it out on other people. Talk it out with God. That's what Nehemiah does. So that's number one. Rely on God. Number two, respect the opposition. Opposition is going to happen. And I'm saying recently, I'm saying, you know, I must be doing something right because I have a lot of opposition. I have a lot of things coming at me. And I'm like, I don't even know where it's coming sometimes from. But all I do know is, is that if I stay straight in what God is telling me to do, and I am walking the good walk, talking the good talk, doing the right things, uh, showing his love, even when people, you know, sometimes you don't feel like they deserve it, you still love on them anyway. That's a choice that we can make, but respecting the opposition. And here's what Nehemiah says, but we prayed to our God and guarded the city day and night to protect ourselves. So we guarded the city day and night. We protect ourselves to a certain degree, but you have to be open to say what's going on with you or, you know, to just respect the opposition to try to understand their position. Sometimes there's a lesson in there that we can learn from the opposition. If you're tuning in right now, I just want to say thank you for tuning in. It's no coincidence that you found Soufries on the dial. It's no coincidence. It really isn't. There's a reason and a message here that could change your life. It's whether you're going to be open to receiving what God has for you. Sometimes I have to tune on the dial and I have to listen to my own show. You know why? Because I want it to be his words, not my words. And sometimes by me saying it and then I'm hearing it, I'm going, wow, that was really a good message. Thank you, Lord, for giving me that message. So I am learning right along with you. And that's a good thing. We should always be learning. We need to be humble. It's a good thing to be humble. If we're so strong in our own mindset that we can't receive what somebody else is trying to tell us, then you're going to be short-sighted and you're not going to be able to grow. And and my my suggestion to you, because you do have a choice in everything, but my suggestion is is to be open, open to what God is saying through people, and maybe the message is coming just, just straight to your heart or through your head and your own thoughts. How do we know that Nehemiah respected the opposition? His people guarded the city and protected themselves. He was prayerful and practical. It's fine to lay in bed at night and pray. Protect me from the burglars. But you also need to get up and lock your door. Petition without precaution is presumption. That's like the wall. You know, it's like we have, um, this just came to me as I have a block wall around my house and I have a wrought iron gate. And some people in my neighborhood, they lock that wrought iron gate and some people don't. That's a personal choice, but they're still protecting their little area. And we have a choice to do that, don't we? And that's okay. It's okay to protect. You respect the opposition. It doesn't mean you just let them take, take you over, but respect it. Number three, reinforce your weak points. Do you feel that you have weaknesses in your own life? Are there things that you could be better at? If anybody says no, I'm, I'm I'm going to be surprised because I think we all have room to grow. We have we have things in us that could, you know, search me and know me, O oh God. If there's any evil way, pluck it out or bring it to my attention so that I can do something about it. But search me and know me. So I placed armed guards behind the lowest parts of the wall. In the exposed areas, I stationed the people to stand guard by families armed with swords, spears, and bows. That's Nehemiah 4.13. Nehemiah reinforces the weak points, the lower points. These low points left people vulnerable to attack from the enemy. You don't have to worry about fences that are 10 feet high. An enemy couldn't get through a wall like that. But the shorter walls were a different story. So Nehemiah placed guards there. Do you know where your church is most vulnerable? Good leaders know where they are vulnerable, and they reinforce that area. See, in business, you know, we need to reinforce. There are securities that we need to put in place with our, our, our computers, our Internet. You know, you want to have these firewalls. You want to have firewalls. <laughs> Uh, You know, with people coming and going, you want to know, you want to lock the door, you want to have gatekeepers, you want to have people that are making sure that the only the people that are supposed to be entering are entering. This is really important to the protection of the rest of your team, the rest of your family. I have a little dog. He's only five pounds, but I'll tell you what, that dog has the biggest ears, can hear everything and barks every time somebody comes in, like it or not. And literally, sometimes it really is frustrating. But on the other hand... It's sure nice to know that the dog is going to bark if somebody's coming in and, and I'm not aware that that person's coming in. So what are we saying here is that, you know, there's more than one way that you put a wall up. And how about the shield, you know, having the full armor of God on? Isn't that another way of protecting us? God tells us to do that, doesn't he? And, I'm, and, and this is just above and beyond or, or a side uh, note, but the Lord's revealing that to me right now is, is that there's so many ways we need to guard. He says to guard our hearts, guard our minds. Guard our thoughts, our tongues. He is telling us that we need to watch out what we're letting in. So if you're letting things in that are going to not give you the fruit of what God wants and not direct you in the path in which God has created you for, it might be a good time to just take inventory. We cannot change what's happened in the past, can we? We can't turn back the dial and, you know, go back in time. We can't do that. I love that movie. then I don't know how many episodes there are and, and whatnot, but sequels. But I love that movie because it's really crazy to think about all of that. And from the time they, they designed and, and created that movie till now, you can see the growth and the, and the extreme time frame that has happened, like where we are now. And it's pretty amazing. But we can't turn back the, t- the clock. We cannot. So we can't beat ourselves, we should not beat ourselves up over our decisions or choices or whatever has happened in the past. Listen, this is freedom. For those of you that are listening that just feel unworthy, feel isolated, feel like you just don't belong or that you don't have a reason for being, let me just tell you, you do. God created you for a purpose. He's not done with you yet. He's not done with me yet. Thank you, God. And, and here's the thing is that what you did before is the past. Learn from it. If there's a lesson to be learned, then learn it so you don't have to go through that again. We're in the present right now, so we have to live in the present. Okay, I'm living in the present. I'm a grandma. And I have to tell you, the best time I have right now, and it just, oh, it just warms my heart so much, is to be with those little ones and to see things through their eyes. Uh, my daughter just sent me a little video today, and I was in the middle of two meetings going on. One was with KTLA, and another one was uh, uh, an advertising agency. And I'm in the room, and all of a sudden, this little ding-ding on my phone, and I open it up, and it's my little, my little granddaughter. Her name is Montana. She's three years old tomorrow. And, and uh, my daughter says, so where do you want to go? And she goes, Gigi's house. I'm Gigi. So, I mean, right at that moment, I don't care what was going on in the world. My world was right there present with that little girl saying, Gigi's house. I just want to go to Gigi's house. And I know grandmas and parents out there, you understand what I'm saying right now. It just warms your heart, doesn't it, to see Disneyland through their eyes instead of yours, okay? It's just a wonderful thing. So that's living in the present. And as parents... Look at you might be really having a hard time as a parent right now. I know. I've been there, done that. And you're going, oh, my gosh, is this day? Is this day going to, is the sun ever going to go down? Can I get some rest? And I just know what that feels like. From a long time ago, I know what it feels like. But now I'm a grandma, and I'm taking care of the kids sometimes, and I'm like, whew, I need a break. I, I, I understand what that's like. But you know what? I, I have other moms that are telling me they're in high school, the kids are in high school, and they're going, oh, my gosh, I'm just driving here, driving there. I'm doing all this stuff. Ah. <sighs> And I'm saying, look, I would give anything to go back to the soccer days, to go to the coaching days, to go to go to the games and cheer the kids on and make cupcakes and all of that. So live in the present, be in the present. And when you're present, be present, really, truly be present. You won't regret it. I guarantee you. I'm a, I'm a CEO, president of a company doing this radio show, written a couple books, a uh, competitive dancer. And I have to tell you, my best times are when I'm present, just present in the moment with those that I love. There is nothing that is more important in this world than loving God, putting God first, and then loving the people that God's placed in your care. So reallocate resources, but don't stop what you're doing. Do you understand what that means? Let me go further. But from then on, only half my men worked while the other half stood guard with spears, shields, bows, and coats of mail. The officers stationed themselves behind the people of Judah. When his people were attacked, Nehemiah had three alternatives, give up, Leave the wall and go fight, or build the wall and arm everyone. Nehemiah knew he couldn't give up building the wall. He couldn't leave the wall to fight. He really had only one option. Leaders must build and battle at the same time. Oh, that's so good. I'm right now putting together the top 12 things for leadership, and these are new for me. Build and battle. You never leave the wall to fight the enemy. You could spend all your time putting out fires and never complete what God has called you to do. So number five, reassure the people. I want to stop and just reset here and say that the Sue Fries show. Go to Sue Freeze spelled like fries, one dot com. When you go there, I want you to look up. The, the website has so many different buttons to push, so many d- different avenues of things that can help you, tools. For instance, IAMS. The IMs are three pages that are printed out. All you have to do is push print on your printer, your computer to print on your printer. And they are the IMs of who God says you are. Because for a long time when I was growing up, I felt unworthy. I didn't feel like I was worthy to receive love because of what things have happened to me, and I just felt I just felt so little and and so unvalued, not valued, not by my mother, but by everybody else. My mom was very loving and kind and, and, you know, the world is your oyster, Susie. You can do anything you want. Um, That was big for me. But everybody else in my life was kind of um, not inspiring, not encouraging, and I just felt like I didn't really matter. That's a long story. I don't want to go there. But you might feel that way, too. And so when you go to the I am's, it can change that belief system inside your mind on not being worthy to you are worthy and that you are a child of God, that you are forgiven, that you are an ambassador to Christ. That's a big one. That you're victorious in Jesus name. These are the I am's. You can go there and you can read these things and they will help you and transform, renew your mind, transform your mind. By just changing the belief system that you have in your mind, because we have these little voices, you know, these little sentences that go through our head. Oh, I'm so stupid. Or, oh, geez, you know, blah, 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 blah. And they're wrong. They're wrong. And we need to stop that talk, that self-talk and build confidence, not in who, you know, who we think we are, but who God says we are. Because then we're not relying on our own power. We're relying on what God says, because he created you. And when you grasp that, when you really grasp that God created you for a purpose and, that, and that's your reason for being here, wouldn't it be nice to figure out what that purpose is and live in that? Because it's going to give you, there's this little fire that's in there and it might be very dim right now. That little flame might be really dim in your heart or in your soul because people have squelched it. They're trying to push it down and snuff it out. And God's saying, no, 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 no. Don't let that happen. The devil's like, snuff it out, snuff it out. And he's going to do whatever he can to snuff that light out. But we're supposed to be a light in the darkness. How can we do that? Unless we let that light shine. You don't want to have it under. You want to have it shine bright. How do you do that? Well, you have to believe that you are the light. You have to believe that you have a light. And you can't do that if you're self-talking yourself into the dimness of the darkness and you're unworthy and you're nothing. Because you're something. And those are words from the Lord. Those aren't my words. Those are his. His and he wants you to know that and if you hear nothing else from this show hear that so this is the Freeze spelled like fries one word com show i want you to push on that button find me on that on that website and look for the iams print them out and you will find that if you read those out loud and let your body, let your soul, let your mind, your ears hear your words stating those things, you can replace that negative talk with the positive talk of the Lord. Wow, what could be better than that? That is so good. Leaders must build and battle at the same time. I love that. Nehemiah appointed people to the Lord. That's where true confidence comes from. On American history. Many wars have been fought with slogans that started with remember. The Spanish-American War had a slogan of remember the Maine. In the World War I, soldiers were asked to remember the Lusitania. In the Mexican-American War, the slogan was remember the Alamo. Troops in World War II were told to remember Pearl Harbor. All of these battle cries were based on defeats. Look, you, you know, you and I, we've gone through defeats, haven't we? And it's okay. We have to fail. It's okay to fail. It's when you stay there. You know, I got thrown from a horse, shattered my leg, not going to go into that. But I bought a horse recently. It's been 11 years. And I was, I, I, we, they didn't know if I was going to walk again. I had to be in a wheelchair. I had to learn how to walk again. And it's a long story. But that's not the whole thing here is that I have now purchased a horse because what? I'm going to get back on. Now, some of you might think that's ridiculous. And some of you might say, way to go. Now I'm taking precaution. I'm having a trainer. I'm making sure this horse is sound, that I'm not going to get on something that's going to buck me and break me again. No guarantees, but at least I'm taking precautions that before I thought I was invincible and could just handle anything. And now I've learned that maybe not. And uh, so, you know, it's good. I learned the lesson. I think I learned the lesson. So we'll see. Nehemiah does the exact opposite. He points people to God and the future he has planned for them. When you're under attack, if the devil can get you, To focus on the opposition, he's won a major victory. You either focus on the opposition or you focus on the Lord. When you're facing opposition, it's your job as a leader to help your people remember the Lord. And number six, refuse to quit. Refuse to quit. When our enemies heard that we knew of their plans and that God had frustrated them, we all returned to our work on the wall. Leaders like Nehemiah model persistence. They are the last to give up. They are the last to jump ship. They refuse to quit. Persistence is the ultimate test of leadership. How do you handle ministry when the going gets tough? The secret of success is to simply outlast your critics. There is nothing the devil would rather do more than make you stall on what God is calling you to do. Don't let him do that. Don't let him. Understand the opposition is going to come and we have to keep stating what God says. We are victorious in Jesus' name. We are victorious. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm a child of God. I'm an ambassador to Christ. God sent his only son to die in my place. Wow. That's huge. Don't let the devil do that to you. You've got to be persistent. Don't let him get in your head. Don't let him have a place anywhere. You know, spit on him, yell at him, use Jesus' name out loud. That your biggest defense is using the name of Jesus, the blood of the Lamb. It's amazing what that does. I know that when I'm feeling like I don't know how I'm going to get through this, I you know I I have no idea how I'm going to get through this, but I don't get through it. I am carried through it with my heavenly Father. He he gives me little little tidbits, or he'll give me something, and I'll go, hmm, that's not something I've thought about. Or somebody else will say something, and it'll trigger something in me, and go. Wow, I never even thought that that was a possibility. Maybe that would work. You know, I don't know, but I'm open. I'm open to hearing. I'm open to listening. And I'm open to what God is going to do in this because, you know, it's way bigger than me. You know, when they say, Jesus, take the wheel. Sometimes we just have to do that. I don't know where you are in your walk. I don't know where you are in your life. I don't know what oppositions you're facing. I don't, but God does. And this whole show is to tell you that you don't need to lean only on your own strength, that he is here as a support structure. You don't have to beat yourself up over over your past. Your past is your past. It's gone. Learn from it. Live in the present and plan for your future. And I have to tell you, you know, it says, you know, be ready with the word, be prepared with the word. When God asks you the question, be able to answer. Now, all I can say is all that I've been through, and I've been through a lot, and I'm sitting here in front of you right now, and I can tell you, I would not want to live my life without knowing my heavenly father, without having a personal relationship with him. It's not religion. I think religion can be very toxic. You know, it's ritual. It's all these things that make you feel like you're just never going to measure up. I, I've been down that road, too. And I have to tell you that that is my God. That's not the God that I serve. My heavenly father is, is a loving God, and he does get angry. He, he's a jealous God. He doesn't want to be second fiddle. He doesn't want to be in the back burner. He doesn't want to be when it's convenient. He says, love thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and body. Why does he say that? That's that's his first commandment, is to love him first. And we need to put him in our relationships. He needs to be first. There's not two people in a relationship. There's three. Did you know that? There's three. You know, uh, um, what is that saying about the three? It's It's not easily broken when there's three. And it's true. You will face opposition sometime in your ministry, sometime in your life, in your relationships. I mean, we all know that, right? If you're more than two years old, um, you know that you're going to face opposition of some kind, all right? How you handle that opposition will go a long way in deciding whether or not you complete the task to which you've been called. Nehemiah completed his. The question is, will you? Will you complete what God started, what he created for you to complete? I want to share with you, I don't have long, I want to share with you this book. It's called Jesus Calling, Jesus Calling. Enjoying Peace in His Presence by Sarah Young. This book is so tattered. I'm on Facebook Live if you want to join ever when you're listening to this show, if you want to come on around. It's uh, Tuesdays at one, 1 o'clock, I think, is normally now when it's going to play. And if you want to be on Facebook Live and see uh, see live, uh, then that's when you do it. Um, the show goes from San Diego to San Luis Obispo, up and down the coast, and uh It's wonderful that I get to do that, and I've been doing this for 14 years. So I have listeners all up and down the coast. And with the podcast, the website, uh, Sue Free Show website, I can tell you that uh, people can listen all over at your own leisure. Um, Yes, so thank you so much for joining. This is part one of a part two segment. So we will be back with more of the Sue Free Show right after this brief break. Have you noticed more insects or rodents in your yard? Or maybe in your home? Warmer weather means it's mating season. Hey there, cutie. What's your sign? Hi, this is Sue Freeze of Ecola Termite Pest Control. But you can call me the termite lady. And I'm Tyson Freeze, manager at Ecola. When pests start mating, they start looking for food supplies. Your pantry, your garage, and a quick infestation can cost hundreds in tainted food. You don't want pests in your house. We know how to find and eliminate them before they can settle in.
1: A how-to manual for parents of children with asthma, revealing the secret causes, surprising cures, and the untold truth about harmful indoor allergens. Written with the passion of a loving mother, wisdom of a successful businesswoman, and deep spiritual devotion, Learning to Breathe is a hero's journey for the parent in all of us. If your child suffers from asthma, this must-read book could save your child's life. Learning to Breathe by author Sue Freeze, available on Amazon, or log on to SueFries.com. That's Sue, scom SueFries.com. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze.
2: Thank you so much, Cola Termite and Pest Control, for sponsoring this show. You've been sponsoring this show for 14 years now. Amazing. I cannot even believe it. I so cannot believe it. You know, when I had um, the general manager uh, ask me if I could go to lunch, I asked if he was paying. He said, yes. I said, I'll be there. And that's a true story. Um, I got to the lunch and I was sitting down. Good thing I was sitting down because he says, you know, you've been on the show for I don't remember how many year- years. I think it was. Uh, I don't remember how many years it was. Anyway, he says, you know what? It's really strong on my heart that you're supposed to have your own show. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm working 16-hour days. What am I going to talk about? What am I going to call it? And, you know, how am I going to do this along with everything else? You'll figure it out. That's what he said. You're going to figure it out because I really feel you're supposed to have your own show. And that was 14 years ago. Can you believe that? I can't. You know, God has a plan for your life. Do you realize that? He has a plan for your life. And it's up to us whether we're going to choose to go that direction or not. And we can fight it or we can just enjoy it. Um, What I tell people when they're saying, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know why I was created. I don't know what I'm doing. I just say, you know, go where your passion is. You know, what are you passionate about? What are you good at? You know, in school, what were you good at? I hated public speaking. That's so funny. I I did not like it. It was, I shouldn't say hate. I don't like that word. Um, I didn't like public speaking because it was uncomfortable for me. But I realized that if I knew my subject matter, it made it a lot easier. You know, if the teacher gave me subject matter and it wasn't something I really enjoyed talking about, then I didn't have a good time. I don't know if you can relate. But, but if you know what you're talking about, then it makes it a little easier to get up there and, and talk. So uh, this is part two. And we're talking about how we handle opposition. And we're talking about do you know who you are? You know, um, I know that when I'm I'm feeling like I just can't manage or I feel like I'm over my head, sometimes I feel like I'm in this ditch. I'm in this big dirt hole, and I've dug the hole, and I'm in it, and I'm trying to come out. This is my visual for me is I'm trying to get out of this dirt hole, and every time I go to claw my way out, the dirt comes in And I just can't seem to make any progress. I don't know if any of you can relate to any of that, or you probably have your own visual of how it feels to be you in your situation. I don't know what your situation is, but the good news is, is your God does. He does know. And if you don't know who God is, then all you need to do is look up, put your hands up, look up. He wants you to look up. And just ask him into your heart. And when you do that, he'll come. He's he's a gentleman, though. He's not going to come down and say, you belong to me, because he gave us freedom of choice for a reason. He wants you to choose him. Right? That's what he wants. The Bible tells us that God crafted each one of us by his own hand. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. This is Psalm 139. I love Psalm 139. In fact, I have it circled in my Bible that I want it to be spoken at my funeral. Uh, because I just love it, and and Psalm one thirty nine, it, it is the the scripture that says, "Search me and know me." For the longest time growing up, I couldn't understand why I was the way I was. I couldn't understand why things happened to me the way they did. I didn't understand if there's a God, how could how could He let me be sexually molested? If there's a God, why would He let me be ra- raped? You know, if there's a God, you know. So in all of those things, I didn't understand what I controlled and what was my fault and what just happened to me. And I think all of us, you know, the only reason I bring that up is don't feel sorry for me because I'm good. I am so good and I'm so thankful for everything that's happened in my life. And I'm at that point of healed, delivered, no bondage, free, uh, that that I, I just can't imagine being the way I was before because God did a big work in me. He's not done with me as he's not done with you but he's done a mighty work in me, you know, having my dad die of lung cancer at the age of 60. I'm past 60. So I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm past that. It's crazy to me. It's just crazy to me. But it's really good. It's really good. And I don't understand everything. And I'm wondering when I get to heaven, you know, I want him to say good and well done faithful servant. But I'm wondering if I'll ask a question or if I'll kneel at his feet or if I'll dance or sing. I don't know. I can only imagine. It's a song. I love that song. And it's so true. Because I don't know if I'll ask him all these questions and these thoughts that I have now. I don't know if they're going to matter when I get there. How about you? Is it going to matter? Really? Is it going to matter in the grand scheme of things? I don't know. Maybe it will for you. But where I am right now is just, I want to be there. I want to be there. But not in a, I'm not in a hurry. Because I have grandkids here. And and when I was just reading this about the womb I've got a little grandson, my first grandson being created in my daughter's womb right now. And so when I'm reading this, I'm just thinking about that little boy in there, that little boy being woven together in the womb. You know, my lovely daughter, it's number three for her. And I just, I'm, I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. I can't even believe how blessed I am. But do I have opposition? Yes. Do I have battles that I'm fighting? Yes. But what am I focused on? What are you focused on? What are you focused on? I know there's been times in my life where I just felt like I didn't want to get out of bed. I just didn't want to get out of bed. I just couldn't find the strength to get out of bed. And then I had to tell myself, just put your foot on the floor, Sue. Just put your foot on the floor. Go take a shower and wash off all this icky thoughts and all this icky stuff that you're feeling. Just wash it off. Let's just see if we can wash it off. And I have to tell you, just getting up, putting my feet on the ground, and this might go for someone now. I'm picturing someone right now that's in bed, can't get out of bed, doesn't feel like getting out of bed. I'm talking to you. God's talking to you. It's time for you to pull down the blanket, pull down the sheet, put your feet on the floor. Feel that? Step up on your feet. Thank the Lord that you have feet. Thank the Lord that you had a bed to sleep in. There's people that don't. Thank the Lord that you have water, hot water. Thank the Lord that maybe you have shampoo and soap. Get in that shower. Turn it on. Get it just perfect. And then get in that shower and just enjoy how that feels. Water is wonderful. Get in there and just feel it and be thankful. These things seem like little things, but you know, other countries, they're not so little. They're huge. We take things for granted, don't we? We have so much, so much to be thankful for. How will you know when you have found your life's purpose? You will know when you find it in him. Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. That's Revelation 4.11. Today your life rests in the same loving hands that created you. In his hands is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. I always say where there's breath, there's hope. And sometimes that's all. You know, if there's breath, there's hope. Things can change as long as there's breathing. I wrote a book called Learning to Breathe. It's available. Go on to the Sufri's. Spelled Life fries. dot com. My book is available there. It's also available on all those other sites, you know, wherever you want to find it. It's there. Um, go there and get it. I have to tell you, it's a journey with my son on uh, asthma, but it's also just the journey of a mother and a son and trying to get through life. All the things that get thrown, being a mom, trying to go through with a, a sickly child and trying to find out how to make quality of life happen for this sickly kid. He's now 40, works with me at Ecola, and He's amazing. He's amazing, and he's such a kind-spirited person, and uh, even, even when he was young, we'd be going to church, and he couldn't go because he had something else going on, and he would leave money at the front door saying, Mom, could you please give this to God for me? He couldn't make it to church because he had another commitment, probably work, and he says, here's money from me, just could you give it to God? And I just thought, how sweet that is. Have you discovered how amazing your life in Christ is meant to be? This list reveals the truth about who God created you to be and how He wants you to live. I am complete in Him, who is the head over all rule and authority of every angelic and earthly power. And if you want the address, and that's where you can find it in the Bible, and I have found that some people, they're not familiar with the Bible. And I have to, people say, well, where do you start? Well, you could start at the beginning, or you could start in the middle, you could start in Proverbs. Proverbs is great. There's 30 of them. There's one for every day. And I always tell people, that's a good place to start. You could start in Proverbs. And then the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's a good place to start, too. It's the New Testament. So you can start anywhere you want. And if you go to the front, you can find Colossians 2.10. And then you flip to the page number, and then you can read It'll say Colossians and it'll go two ten, and you can go there and read what I just said. And then I am alive with Christ. Ephesians 2 5. I'm alive with Christ. There was a time when I felt dead and that's before I knew Christ. I felt dead. I felt like I had no reason to be. That could be you right now. I am sure there's listeners right now. This show goes a lot of different places and it reaches a lot of different ears, a lot of different ages. I have families that sit together and listen to the show. They tell me that. I order online and the lady on the other end, I, I, I was trying to order something. It was on back order and I started to talk and then I said my name and she goes, oh my gosh, you're not the Freeze, are you? And I went, you're kidding me right now, right? No, my whole family listens to you. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm listening to you right now. And sometimes I'm thinking, is anybody out there? Because I've got this microphone. I'm talking to this microphone, right? It's not a two-way conversation. It's a microphone. I can't see you. And I would love to be able to see each and every one of you. So if you'd like to connect with me, I would love for you to tell me what's going on in your life. I would love for you to tell me what opposition you're facing. So I can pray with you or pray for you. And all you'd need to do is go to Sue Freeze, spelled like fries, one word dot com. This is the Sue Freeze show. And on Facebook, LinkedIn, everywhere, you could connect with me there by Sue Free Show or Sue Free's, spelled like fries, one word dot com is my website. And you can go there and you can email me, you can, you know, text me and uh, I will I will respond to you. Nobody reads it but me. So you have the freedom to speak candidly and freely. No one's going to read it but me. OK, and it's OK. You know, these dirty little secrets that we have or dirty, big secrets we have can hold us in bondage. You know that, right? You know, you, you think you're protecting people or protecting you, but you're in bondage. Now, I am saying find a safe place, but speak to God. He'll reveal to you what to do. I have to tell you, I had those secrets. I had things that I was trying to protect other people, so I kept it in, in inside. Now I talk about it on the radio. I have the freedom to talk about it on the radio. And the reason I do that is because in the Bible, you know, the people that God uses are people that, had issues. They had things that happened to them. And it was out there in the Bible, right? So he uses ordinary people to reach other people that are ordinary. And so my stories maybe could be your story. And you could still be where I've been released from, you know, this bondage of holding on to that secret, that secret. Oh, man, I can't let anybody know this because what will they think of me? What will they think of me if they knew that that happened or that I did this or that or whatever? And you know what? The Lord has freed me and forgiven me, giving me grace. And when you experience that forgiveness, it's such a freedom to know that you're still loved. You're still loved. It's just freedom. I just, I really, really want everyone that's listening right now to to experience what I've experienced in the freedom of forgiveness. I am free from the law of sin and death, Romans 8, 2. I am far from oppression and will not live in fear, Isaiah 54, 14. Here's a good one for you. Do you know that do not fear? You know, how many of you fear? Do you find fear that comes over you sometimes, that you just, you feel this overwhelming anxiety, be anxious for nothing, but you, you feel this overzealous fear that comes over you? Um. FEAR acronym, false evidence appearing real. Isn't that good? False evidence appearing real. That's fear. And fear not. You can look this up and check check me if you want to. But fear not is in the Bible. Guess how many times? 365 times. So what is that saying? Is that a coincidence? It's telling God's telling you to fear not how many times a day, at least once a day. 365 times, right? There's that many days in the year. So fear not every day because we need to tell us, fear not. We can get through this. With God, we can get through this, right? I thought that was so interesting when I Bible gatewayed fear not and it came up with 365. I'm like, that is cool. That is cool. It was a great discovery for me. I am born of God and the evil one does not touch me. 1 John 5.18 these scriptures go on and on but i think that we need to hear them i am holy and without blame before him in love ephesians ephesians is a love chapter it's a relationship chapter if you want to read about um love and relationships uh first corinthians and ephesians are the two you know books that you'd want to read i have the mind of christ do you have the mind of christ do you know what christ's mind is like <laughs> Do you, know, do you know how he thinks? Um, you would, if you read the Bible, you would understand more about who God is and who you are in him. I have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. How many of you want that? How many of you would like to have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding? Peace, peace, joy. Those are beautiful things, aren't they? Whew, I want those. The spirit of God who is greater than the enemy in the world lives in me. The Spirit of God lives in you. He lives in you. And he's greater than the enemy. See, the enemy cannot destroy you because you have the Lord in you and you have the Spirit of God in you. I have received abundant grace and the gift of righteousness and reign in life through Jesus Christ. I receive the Spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Jesus. The eyes of my heart enlightened, so that I know the hope of having life in Christ. I receive the power of the Holy Spirit And he can do miraculous things through me. I have authority and power over the enemy in this world. How many of you feel like you have power and authority over the devil? Maybe you don't even believe the devil is real. I know devil is real. I know there's principalities out there. I know that I'm not fighting against flesh and blood. But there's principalities. There's things that they're trying to upset the apple cart. They're trying to make it to where I don't reach what God's goal is for Sufri's. And if I allow that to get in, I don't want the devil to win. I don't. I want the Lord to win. And I want Sufri's to, to finish this race, to win the prize. For who? Not for me, but for him. And the only way that I can do that is if I understand how to face opposition with the strength in the words that God is saying here. I have the authority and the power over the enemy. Do you feel that? Or do you feel like overwhelmed? Do you feel like that you're defeated? Right? Because you're not. You're victorious in Jesus' name. You are victorious. I am victorious in Jesus' name. I can't even tell you how many times I say that because sometimes I don't feel it. I don't feel it. I have to say it to get my spirit in alignment. I have to get out of my head and into the spirit to say, No, I'm victorious in Jesus' name. The battle's already been fought, the battle's already been won, and I'm victorious in Jesus' name. It gives me strength. in in, in circumstances that are happening, and I know that it could for you too. I am renewed in the knowledge of God and no longer want to live in my old ways or nature before I accepted Christ. I am merciful. I do not judge others, and I forgive quickly. As I do this, by God's grace, he blesses my life. Out Out of obedience comes blessings, okay? So he gives you the rule book. The Bible is your rule book. And sometimes it's confusing a little bit. Like, how do you know? How do you know what it says? How do you know where to look? You know, I understand all of that. I understand those questions. But if you pursue it, you will get the answers. Just pursue it. You know, if it's important to you, you're going to, you know, where your treasure is, your heart is, right? I mean, it's like it goes together. So if you really want to know more about who you are in Christ, then you're going to pursue that. And where do you go? Who do you, who do you go to? God supplies all my needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. In all circumstances, I live by faith in God and extinguish all the flaming darts, attacks of the enemy. In all circumstances, I live by faith in God and extinguish all flaming darts, attacks of the enemy. I can do whatever I need to do in life through Christ Jesus who gives me the strength. That's Philippians 4.13. That's a really good one. And I lean on that one. I have a really good friend who's going through a divorce and it's an ugly, ugly, ugly divorce. And he is just falling apart because he wants his family to stay together in the worst way. And the more he, and the more he goes towards, the more the other party goes away. And so um, he, he, he doesn't have control over the situation. He just has control over him. So he's drawing near to the Lord. I, I love seeing that part of it. I don't like seeing anyone in pain the way he's in pain. I don't like anyone suffering. I, it's very difficult for me to watch. And I just want to be there as, you know, someone that can speak into his life and give him tools or scriptures that can give him strength. And um, he asked for me to text him, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because sometimes we just feel like you can't do anything, right? It's like, it's Christ in me. It's not me. It's Christ in me. And it feels really good to know that you've got that and there's a power in that. It's empowering to know that Jesus is there and he, he wants to fight the battle. As long as you're living a righteous life, as long as you're you're going down the path that he's wanting you to. See, he will allow us to fail if we're going down the wrong path. Sometimes as parents, don't we need to decide that too? Uh, you know, it, we have to decide to let our children like go through a hard time or maybe take a tumble or, um, you know, fall off something or something, as long as they're not going to break something. But to take a tumble, to skin their knee, to do something like that, sometimes it's necessary just for them to feel what that's like. If you do everything for your children, parents, the problem is, is when you're not there and you can't do it for them, they're not going to have the tools, the skills, or understand who they are and the strength that they have inside of them to be able to endure what comes their way. Because you're not always going to be there to protect. You're not always going to be there to direct them. And what does God tell you? Train them up in the way they shall go so they will not depart from it. That doesn't mean do everything for them. It doesn't mean give them everything. They need to learn how to, to buy things and how to do, take care of their money and be a good steward and be a good servant. They need to learn those things, parents. So don't feel like you're being really hard on them by letting them understand life. Because what you're doing is you're preparing them for what's coming ahead. And I think that's doing them a favor. I've seen both, and I can tell you those that go through tough times understand what that's like and they're more apt to be able to endure and have the strength to get through it to persevere because the character has been built up to that point so there's a line in the sand there of course and and, you know of course we want to love on our kids and we want to protect them and you know all those things but we also want to train them up so that they know what to do and how to handle it so there's more scriptures and i could keep going but i really want to read this Come to me for rest and refreshment. The journey has been too much for you, and you are bone weary. Do not be ashamed of your exhaustion. Instead, see it as an opportunity for me to take charge of your life. Remember that I can fit everything into a pattern for good, including the things you wish were different. Start with where you are at this point in time and space, accepting that this is where I intend you to be. You will get through today one step, one moment at a time. Your main responsibility is to remain attentive to me, letting me guide you through the many choices along your pathway. This sounds like an easy assignment, but it's not. Your desire to live in my presence goes against the grain of the world, the flesh, and the devil. Much of your weariness results from your constant battle against these opponents. However, you are on the path of my choosing, so do not give up. Hope in me, for you will again Praise me for the help of my presence. I put a little star next to the scripture. Are you ready? We are assured and know that God, being a partner in their labor, all things work together and are fitting into a plan for good to and for those who love God and are called according to his design and purpose. That's Romans 8.28. Why are you in despair, O my soul, and why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my continence and my God. Psalm 42.11. Be a blessing to someone each and every day. God bless you, and I'll be seeing you next week. Bye-bye for now.
1: Ah, It's a time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home, your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters, even rats and other varmints. It's time to call E. termite and pest control services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects. termites, rats and other pests. Call them at 877-332-BUGS. 877-332-BUGS. Ecola, powerful pest control services as gentle as a butterfly. Ask about their 2-year warranty.
0: Call 877-332-BUGS